dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here they are. And welcome to a brand new mini episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith. For all of you who've been listening to and supporting this podcast, uh, thank you so much. I do appreciate your support. I know that it's a learning process for me. I'm still figuring things out. Uh, I started outlining my episodes, so I should have a more organized slate of thoughts going forward. Uh, I'm really excited about the next episode I'm going to be recording this weekend, so uh, I'll fill you in on that later on in this episode. Over the past month, I did get a chance to watch a few movies, um, first one being Morbius. Um, okay, so I like that this is sort of a positive-leaning podcast, so that being said... I really enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, yeah, uh, if you enjoyed the first Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is just more of that. Uh, obviously, this isn't like a high art masterpiece by any means, but like as far as like movies based on video games go, that sort of a renaissance that was brought on by Pokemon Detective Pikachu seems to be continuing very strongly here. It's a whole lot of fun. Kids should love it. Uh, and so should us adults who, you know, maybe had a Sega Genesis growing up. There's a lot of Easter eggs in there for us. You know, I it, it, call it fan service if you want, but fan service has never bothered me, particularly when I happen to be that fan. So yeah, did you like the first Sonic? You'll probably like this one. I also had the chance to watch Lucy and Desi. That one is going to be on Prime Video. Um, if you want to watch it, it's really good. I, I preferred it over the uh, over being the Ricardos for sure. Uh, documentary, obvious subjects, Lucy and Lucy and Desi. Um, it's I've seen documentaries about them before. I remember there was one like on Nick at Night when uh, I was a kid, which was also very good. But this one, like, I feel like it gives us information that we didn't have before. It gives us a different outlook on their relationship, particularly like post-divorce. And it also, there's something really kind of beautiful about all of it. And even, it kind of like hits you emotionally, especially towards the end. Amy Poehler did a fantastic job uh, putting that thing together. Like, it's a fitting tribute to two icons of television. And especially if you're a fan of the show, um, if maybe being the Ricardos left you a little bit cold, I feel like this would be like the perfect antidote to that. And I didn't dislike being the Ricardos, uh, but I feel like this one is the one that really does justice to these two very fascinating and just iconic uh, individuals. There is one more movie that I did get a chance to watch this week. However, I'm not going to discuss it on this episode uh, because uh, I'm actually going to make it the subject of my next episode. Uh, my next episode is going to be the first time I just uh, I do one singular movie 
but I have not been able to stop thinking about it since I saw it, and it's honestly one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Those of you who follow me on my socials may have seen the TikTok video I posted about how blown away I was by everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I highly recommend, but like I'm gonna record it this weekend. If you if it's playing near you, run, don't walk, go see this amazing, amazing movie, and then you know listen to the next episode, uh, in which I discuss it in great detail with a very special guest who I'm excited to have on this show. So for this episode, um, I'm going to get a little slightly less positive before I get positive again. Um, this weekend, a new movie came out that in under different circumstances, I might have been excited about it. However, um, we all know that a certain author has been very vocal on social media about... Um, the trans community, and it has not painted a particularly flattering portrait of her. For that reason, I have made the conscious choice not to watch the film. I will also not, at least in the near future, be discussing the uh, series of films based on uh, those books. Uh, this has been a hard decision for me to make, um, particularly because m much like, you know, I'm sure many, many of you, I have associated or I had associated a giant, a chunk of my identity to these books. Like my, my house was a part of my bio and I took that seriously. Uh, I have merchandise that I bought at a certain theme park uh, that I actually still have uh, in my bedroom. This was a hard decision for me to make. Um, this she has she has really posited herself as an ally for so long. So seeing that series of tweets and particularly the giant essay that she wrote on the subject that was completely like, the, the, the damage that thing has caused, because that has been quoted by legislators who are trying to take away our rights, and not just trans rights, even though if it were just trans rights, that would already be too much. Uh, us as well in the gay community. Um, yeah, it, it, this, this had far-reaching consequences. It was actually that essay that broke me, and made me pull back and sort of renounce the series. This isn't about cancellation. Uh, personally, and I've expressed this on numerous occasions, I think cancel culture in the way that we perceive it is not a thing that exists. Uh, I feel it's more about we should be focusing on, because yeah, it, you know, I'm sure that there are so, there are many of us who are like, yeah, no, if their career dies, it dies. The the fact of the matter is, it won't. Uh, truth be told, like, unless they're like in prison for basically the rest of their lives, nobody is like 
fully canceled. They're always going to find work somewhere. And, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I am kind of foolish. I am still holding out hope that maybe she can reconsider her position on this because, yeah, it, it is causing real world harm. And I want to believe that at some point there's like a level of empathy there where maybe, maybe she can just have some, a little bit of self-awareness, a little bit of self-reflection. And I, I don't know. The, it, that is something that it, it feels like betrayal. It really does. It still hurts. Um, and also, I'd like to clarify that I'm not going to be judging or shaming anyone who did go out to watch the movie. If you did or you're planning on doing so, it's, it, like just know that you're not going to be shamed for that, at least not by me. I get it. Um, and yeah, I get it. So uh, just understand that this is my own personal decision, uh, my own personal choice. Uh, instead, I'm going to take this time out of solidarity with my trans listeners and fans and friends. And instead, I'm going to use my recommendations to highlight some work by trans filmmakers. Probably the first names that come to mind on this, just because their work has just been so widely renowned and recognized, are the Wachowskis. Uh, obviously, you have the Matrix trilogy. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see like their first like indie masterpiece, their pre-Matrix uh, film, check out Bound. Bound is really good it's like a modern film noir but told from like a lesbian perspective it is so much fun and unlike i mean i'm not gonna say it's unlike anything we've ever seen before because yeah it's it's a modern film noir but it's so very well done these characters are amazing and yeah this was a huge example of like their work to come obviously we have the matrix which is you know that's the quintessential action film of the 90s, uh, which spawned a trilogy, which however you feel about that, uh, when, I guess at the time, it wasn't super well-received. I loved both of them uh, upon release. But actually finding out that uh, the trilogy was a trans allegory kind of gives it a new layer that I hadn't, a new perspective from which I hadn't seen them before, and that actually makes them even better. Uh, so one one complaint that I did have about that trilogy, though, is how it ended. I was not too happy to watch these characters, particularly Neo and Trin Trinity, who I came to like love through both of these films, or through all three of these films, rather. And spoiler alert, they come to an untimely end. Uh, they both die. That was upsetting to me. Like, okay, uh, yeah. That's why I was so excited when last year The Matrix Resurrections came out. Uh, I know this is a divisive film, but to me, I felt like this was the send-off both of those characters absolutely deserved. Um, 
And what I love about it too is like this is one this is a case where Lana Wachowski like took control of that narrative and she made this very 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 meta film. And in, I guess in some cases, you know, that might be too much for some viewers. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the way it was executed was just, it, it, I wanted to put this in my top 25 for last year. And again, just because last year was so stacked, I swear any other year it would have made that list for sure. It's definitely in my top 30 at least, probably. Um, it, just off the top of my head anyway. But... <laughs> Yeah, that was, it gave them a proper ending. It was fun to watch. Uh, it's, I think, I believe that it's still on HBO Max if you want to give it a look. It's totally worth it. Um, again, you have to go into it with an open mind, but I, I really enjoyed it. Also, in the spirit of my reappraisal segment that I also threw in there, I kind of love how even some of their less... Um, less well-received work is now being looked at from a more generous perspective. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Speed Racer and uh, Jupiter Ascending. Speed Racer, another one that I, like, adored the minute I saw it. It was just visually something different from what audiences were expecting at the time. In fact, that may have been what sort of like uh, killed it at the box office because it was maybe a little too different. But, you know, removed from, you know, being, what, 12, 13 years removed from uh, this film's release, we're able to look at it and go, huh, okay, you know what? We Maybe we shouldn't be punishing movies for trying something new. So, yeah, I thought Speed Racer was a lot of fun. Um, Jupiter Ascending, again, this is a, a movie that, like, it got just completely demolished by reviews, by audiences. Um, and yeah, you know what? The movie itself, the premise is kind of absurd. But honestly, I think that's kind of what gives it its charm. Um, it's kind of funny because we get into this narrative that, you know, like nobody does anything original anymore. And then someone does something original and we're like, oh no, not like that. So I I don't know, I... There, there has to be, like, a balance there, like, okay, maybe, you know, I, with franchise fatigue setting in, when someone does something different, even if it's not, like, what we're used to, I mean, I think that's supposed to be the point, right? Like, we're not supposed to be used to this story. Uh, we're, like... I mean, if you want what you're familiar with, then, you know, why are we complaining about the franchises then? And, you know, that's not to just say, like, we should just love every movie that comes out that's, you know, different. But I feel like we should be more open to giving them a chance. Did Jupiter Ascending work on every level? No, of course not. There were some things that did work, though, and there were some interesting ideas, and I feel like... In many cases, we are kind of sort of punishing the films who, like, take on those interesting ideas. So obviously you've probably heard about all of those movies, pretty much. Um, what you may not have heard of is a film called Lingua Franca. It's a 2019 film um, that is currently on Netflix, uh, directed by Isabel Sandoval. 
It's a beautiful romantic drama filled with heart and compassion. And it's told with a beautiful simplicity that I found it just completely irresistible. This one is totally worth a look. You can find this amazing film on Netflix. And finally, uh, also on Netflix, you'll find this excellent documentary called Disclosure, Trans Lives on Screen. Uh, this documentary by Sam Feeder, I really hope I pronounced that right, uh, it it's all about how uh, the trans community is represented in film and television throughout the history of film. It is so informative. It and eye-opening. Um, a lot of a lot of these films that they they highlight, um, uh, many of them are beloved, and you know, and it's it's not trying to make the case like, oh, you can't like these anymore. It's more about like hey, uh, this has kind of informed how we look at the trans community. And it, it challenges those notions and makes you look at it another way. And it's kind of showing how far we've come since, say, something like Ace Ventura Pet Detective, which features a trans woman as the villain. And it's probably one of the most transphobic twists I've ever seen. But it was just something that was widely accepted in the 90s. Whereas today, we're finally starting to get more representation. We're starting to get things like Pose. Uh, this film uh, made my top 25 for 2020. I feel like it's a must-see movie uh, for not just anyone who loves movies, but like anyone who wants to get a better understanding about like how the media just informs our perception on pretty much everything in this particular instance the trans community and even brings out the more important uh lesson that representation absolutely matters i know that we we were getting this bad faith conversation about how woke hollywood is or whatever uh it's nonsense it doesn't deserve the time of day um it doesn't deserve it shouldn't even be... I, I'm giving it too much of a response right now. Uh, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Representation is absolutely important. It does matter. I say this as someone who, like, very rarely ever saw anyone even gay on screen. And even when I did, it was like the punchline. And now we're starting to get it. We're starting to get representation in, like... We, we had, like, a solid character that can't easily be snipped out in editing in a major superhero movie like that took years but we finally got it in 2021 because even before that we had to like deal with scraps we had to deal with oh here's a character in the background who shows up for like two seconds um yeah and even that like it's like pulling teeth just to show like a solid three-dimensional gay character uh, imagine how much harder it is for the trans community. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight these films, because uh, these are stories being told by trans artists, and this is them telling their story and bringing it out into the spotlight. And I think, yeah, it 
it is t definitely worth your time. All of these films are amazing. And even like the the weird ones that the Wachowskis did. You know what? Give them a shot. You might, you, you, it might not work for you, but it, it might, you know, it worked for me. And it, it they're, they're not perfect. And you know what? The number of times we have forgiven uh, cisgender uh, hetero filmmakers for making uh, subpar or somewhat mediocre films for taking a swing and missing. Uh, we can do that for trans filmmakers, too. OK, like uh, say what you will about Jupiter Ascending. That was they took a swing. All right. They took a swing. And that is that is important and we love I will forever be grateful for a filmmaker who takes the swing. Anyway, support trans artists, support trans lives. Um this really should go without saying, but support kindness, support empathy, support compassion. Um if it feels like uh, you're adding to a toxic discourse, if it feels like Enough people are telling you that, hey, what you're saying is hurting us. Listen, let yourself be educated. Get educated any way you can. Educate others. Um, even if you are an ally, just uh, be be aware that sometimes you might get it wrong. Uh, the best thing you could do is just keep on learning. Keep on listening and keep speaking out and fighting for what's right. And I think that about covers everything for today's mini episode. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, also, you know what? Uh, this came up uh, after my first episode. This uh, close friend of mine uh, brought up a couple of uh, just factual errors that came up, uh, either by from myself or from um, my guest when we were discussing Batman. Um, and that's going to happen. We're, we're, we're going to have, uh, these off the cuff comments, uh, that, you know, may, we might slip up. We might say the wrong thing by mistake. Uh, it's bound to happen. This is just casual conversation and that's just the format of the show. That's just, um, that's bound to happen. Uh, that being said, I am going to be introducing a new segment, which I'm on the fence about whether to introduce it in the mini-sode or on the main episode, but uh, I'm a big uh, Conan O'Brien fan, and on his show, he used to do a thing where someone would point out an error that he said, and uh, he would go off on a tangent about how it actually was not an error, how... And it would be this big outlandish thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know what? If I make a mistake, if I say something incorrect, uh, go ahead and also drop that on my socials. That is in a place like this podcast on Instagram or in a pod like this on Twitter. Uh, if you think you found something that I said incorrectly, hit me up and on the next episode I will explain why I was not in fact incorrect. That's right. You will not catch me in an error because I will, I will have an explanation that shows that I was actually correct. And in fact, how dare you suggest otherwise? Haha. -ha. So yeah, 
uh, feel free to drop those. Uh, also, any questions, comments, or concerns. Uh, you can also throw in questions for the next Q&A segment uh, that will be appearing on uh, episode three, uh, in which we will be discussing the incredible film, Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Once again, before I post that episode, if you can find it, go to the nearest theater that's playing it and go see it. This is like this is like one of the best films in the last decade at least. Uh yeah. Yes, check it out cuz there there's probably going to be some spoilers in that episode too. Just uh giving you some fair warning on that. And thank you for listening. Uh hopefully I have introduced you to some movies that you may end up enjoying. Uh, this has been In a Place Like This. I hope you are not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.